Welcome. Thank you for joining us for our next podcast for Peninsula Baptist. Today we're going to be talking about choosing a devotional guide and uh, kind of like get around the microphone with that. Again, joining me in the recording studio. That sounds so professional when I say that. <laughs> sounds like like we've arrived or something recording studio is Pastor Adam and Pastor Nate. Thank you guys for coming in and talking about devotional guides. And uh, this, this actually hits at a pretty good time. Uh, this po- podcast will be dropping just before the new year. So if you're not listening to this in the in the new year, it's not dropping at a good time for you. But a lot of people make New Year's resolutions, and uh, sometimes that New Year's resolution is not necessarily, I'm going to try to read the Bible through, but it's going to reorganize their schedule to make quiet time with God, you know, back in their schedule like it should be, right? Mm-hmm. So today we're talking about devotions and uh, kind of how to choose a good devotion. I've I've had several people ask me, hey, would you recommend a good devotion? Which I think is a good way to go about it. Ask. Word of mouth is a good way to find out a good devotion. But I want to hear from you guys your thoughts. I have kind of like a a litmus test, I guess you might say, to give for devotions of how to choose a good one. Because would you agree that there are – bad devotional books out on the market? Yes. <laughs> you couldn't tell that was unison. Yeah, that was that was in there together. If we're giving advice on devotionals today, does that make us a devotional guide guides? It could be. It could be. I, I like that. So I want to start out, because I think it's always appropriate to start out with what what's behind devotional guides. I want to start out with a, a psalm reading from God's Word. This is Psalm 119. And uh, it's actually 15 verses, so I don't want to make the podcast really long, but I do want to kind of get this in there to kind of set the the groundwork. You mean what you're reading of Psalm 119 is 15 verses? Yeah, wow. Well, what did it sound be, like I said? You, you said that, but you said it's 15 verses, but if you read the entire Psalm 119, that's the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's only 15. <laughs> it's a big one. Maybe I should say it that way. It's only 15 verses from Psalm 119. That's right. <laughs> so we'll get through it quickly. This is what it says. It says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless and who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Oh, I'm going to go on to verse 16. It says, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. That's a pretty powerful text that leans us into uh, meditating on the word. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about, first I kind of want to go in before we talk about how to choose a good devotional guide. Um, I want to talk about uh, three things. 
number one, why should we consider a devotional guide? Number two, what makes a bad devotional guide, which will lead us into how to choose a good devotional guide? Does that sound like a good outline for yeah. what we're talking about today? All right. First of all, sure. why, why would we want a devotional guide? What, what would be the benefit of a devotional guide? You mean the motivation behind why somebody might want one? Yeah, or, or, or why, why choose one? There may be people who are listening who've never had a devotional guide whatsoever. They just get up, read their Bible, and then go through their day. Mm-hmm. So why would someone want a devotional guide? What what would be the benefit? Well, the first thing I'll say is I think that there are different kinds of ways that we read the scriptures and we study as believers. I think there is that devotional aspect. There's other times where we're really going to spend a lot of time more in-depth studying you know, through a particular book of the Bible or through like a, a Bible reading plan, certain things. But I think one of the benefits for a devotional guide can be something brief, kind of a little bit quicker um, to the point and, and maybe early in your day, in your morning, uh, that kind of set your tone. So one of the books we give out here recently um, called Habits of the Household, uh, the author, he uses this idea of scripture before phone. You know, So his idea is before you grab your phone and start your day, it can be really brief. Grab that devotional, grab something, and, and set your tone for your day with truth from God uh, instead of your email, your calendar, your text, all those sorts of things. So I think you it mean can. In, instead of Twitter? Yeah, instead, instead of Twitter. Of um, Instagram or something. Bible app? I think that's one of the best benefits <laughs> for it. Like me, like I don't wake up uh, in the morning and just want to dive in immediately after for just a long in-depth. Like that's not my best thinking time. But I do think it is good to set our day uh, with truth from God so that that would be a good time to do something like that. I agree. I agree with that. And maybe also we might get into this later. So structure. Something with family too. So devotion might help with structure. Yeah. Uh, What about topic? Well, I mean, I would, think, would you choose? Would you choose to go with a devotional book because of topic? Yeah, I think sometimes um, people are like, "Well, I'm a senior in high school now, or I'm going off to college, or um, we're empty nesters, or now I'm in the military." And so we we get these devotions to kind of go with where we think we are in life, so or a, when heartache hits, stage. type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stages. Yeah, um, and we kind of bend that around what we. I hate to say what we want to hear at the time, but what we think will speak into our life at the time. Yeah. Um, I also think for people wanting to get into a devotional in the first place, kind of like when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. Sometimes we can get to a place, especially as newer Christians or as Christians who are wanting to grow, that we feel like, you know, I don't know if I know how to do this. And so we want some kind of instructions that we hear so much about Christians needing to do devotions that we almost don't stop and think about what that word means. So when we think we're doing devotions, we're thinking, well, I'm not doing devotions because I don't have a devotional. I'm just reading my Bible. How can I add something here that will do that? Yeah. And, and the idea behind devotions is that, that we're expressing what we're devoted to and who we're devoted to. And at Psalm 63, 1 through 5, you'll hear David talk about it. He talks about doing it early. That's usually the only verse people quote into, you should do devotions in the morning type thing. Right. And he's just talking about his habits. Um but you'll hear his actual devotion in these words. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and thirsty land with no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul will be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. It is that 
the idea of when you think of a good meal almost, he's like, who's describing having a good steak almost, but he's like being with God is like that. It's just this amazing thing. And so I would say, you know, in that idea of why we have a devotional, it should be whatever you're adding to your quiet time with God should be something that invigorates your quiet time with God, not just something else that you can check off like a box. Yeah. Yeah. I also say, you know, in that realm of starting your day with truth from God, truth of the truth of scripture and the gospel message uh, can be a good way. And that's where I would kind of lean toward topic and theme is just kind of a regular reminder of our position before God and the truth of the gospel and how we are, or what our relationship with the Lord looks like now. A couple of those can be really good. Um, there's a guy named Paul Tripp, uh, another Alistair Begg, uh, and then an older, more classic one, um, Charles Spurgeon, Morning and Evening. Some of those can Woo-hoo. be just really good, uh, very quick, but just a good reminder for us is we're about to start our day with a lot of different messages coming our way. So you mm-hmm. two, from what I'm hearing you say, of course, I posed the question and you kind of spoke into it, but you guys are okay with devotional guides, devotional books. You're you're okay with them. Now I know we're going to talk about a qualifier in there because we've had this conversation. He before. saw my face. No, no. Well, that too. That reminded me of the conversation we've had before. I but saw his face. <laughs> now he's a believer. Yes, they can be very helpful. I think used in the right way, they're they're a great. Okay, tool. so it's not like a don't no don't no. do that because I have talked to people in the past that said. Uh, devotional guides are not good for the believer, um, which I tend to disagree with. I think they are, but I know where the people I've talked to in the past who felt that they were bad, I know where they're coming from. It's because they had a bad experience or they, they, you know, witnessed wrong doctrine, those or, types of things. Or even let, let's, let's say, let's say, cause we're gonna talk about the bad ones later. Let's say we're not talking about a bad one. Um, I, have, I have a friend who's an evangelist who says when you take a good thing and make it an ultimate thing, it becomes a bad thing. Right. Let's say we're talking about a good one, and I, I can recommend two really good ones right off the bat. He mentioned Adam mentioned one of them. This is one of those amazing things we agree on. Um, Charles Haddon Spurgeon's morning and evening devotions. You want to start off on a New Year's punch with um, with devotions that you can sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. He's got them twice a day, so that if you if you start lapsing, you're still doing your devotion once a day, yeah. which is pretty cool. They're great, and they're solid, and they're theological. And then you've got um, Oswald Chambers, My Utmost Race Highest. I've read through that countless times. Love it. It's a, good, it's a good blasting point off. But those are good things. But if I considered reading a page from Oswald Chambers or reading a page from Charles Haddon Spurgeon as my time with God rather than um, reflecting on some some insights that somebody else got from their personal times with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. So I hear I you. what you're saying is intention. I think that's where you're going with yeah. the, the intention of why you want the devotional guide is almost just as important. If I'm getting a devotional guide because I want to check a box and be right with God that day right. because I read through this devotional book, that's a wrong intention. Supplemental, not the meal. Yeah. I also yeah. say it's really important, the source of it. Because um, one thing we were talking about earlier, and I was looking even as Nate and I talked about this one from Spurgeon, a lot of the devotional guides are going to be a verse and then some thoughts that go along with that. And so I think one thing that's going to be really important is making sure that those who are giving the thoughts on that, because that's the mm-hmm. that's the majority of what we're going to be reading there, 
is that that person is trusted in what their thoughts are. Um, because, you know, it's really easy uh, when you're taking short parts of Scripture and then giving thoughts on it to kind of go off on some tangents that aren't the best and that are misusing that scripture. So you want to make mm-hmm. sure it's a trusted person. Okay, so that, lead, that leads sound. us into what makes a bad devotional book because I know I have walked through bookstores before. I've looked online, and uh, you know the cover might be very appealing or the word at the front of it, you know, it sounds like something that I'm going through. Refuge. Or even yeah. bestseller. Yeah, or, best, you know, oh, that's a big one right there. Bestseller <laughs> is like, oh, I got to have that because everybody yeah. else is reading through it. When I hear New York Times, I think theology. <laughs> <laughs> Said with sarcasm. Hey, Spurgeon is a bestseller. So there are probably, you know, his, you know, this has lasted for 150 years. Almost, you know, so there are yeah. some. So what makes a bad, what makes a bad devotion? Book. I would I would say not not the lack of use of scripture actually, um, which you would think that that would be it. Like you get that sound like a double negative there. So you're saying it said, doesn't have to be a tremendous amount of scripture. It yeah, could be it doesn't a, have to be a tremendous amount of scripture in there to be good. I mean, you could have if somebody's just basically plagiarizing the Bible and and the whole page. You're, you're buying a book. You already own the Bible. The whole page is scripture, and then there's like three sentences of thought. Um, you're kind of getting gypped. They're not really they're not yeah. really putting any effort into it. But like sometimes Oswald Chambers, for instance, he might have half a verse there and then he's got a full page and you can almost read that and think, oh, well, what was important was what Chambers said and not what the Bible said. And that's getting it backwards. It's actually the fact that he can pull out that much insight and thought from a little piece of God's word. It says how much fuller the word of God is than the devotional you're reading. Yeah. And that we can, as we rightly divide the word of truth and learn from it. Um, we're going to get so much out of that. And this can be kind of a springboard um, to think about our day and where we are, but then to get into All right, so God's let's, word. Let's bullet point. Let's just bullet point for the listener. What, what makes a bad devotional? Uh, misuse of scripture. Okay, so misuse of scripture. Not, not applying it well. And we're going to talk about, hold yeah. on to that just a moment. Maybe, maybe put a pin in that because I want to go back for us to figure out how we know they're misusing scripture, mm-hmm. especially if you haven't studied a particular section that you think it's on how to know, okay, so misuse of Scripture, what else makes a bad? Who is it about? Ah, that's a good one. Is it yeah. about God and you being more yielded to Him, or is it about you and how awesome and successful you can be? Yeah, yeah. So which one's the bad one? I'm kidding. I hope the <laughs> listener knows which one's the bad one. So if, if the cover is I can do all things, dot, 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 maybe don't get that one. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's two bullet points. What else makes a bad a bad devotional, or is that well, just the well, two? Well, he already said if it's, if it's from somebody who's not theologically sound, yeah. you might want to steer clear. Know of the it. author. Get to know yeah. the author, because the if author might have, they might have a weird uh, doctrine back in there, and, mm-hmm. and just because they're a popular name doesn't mean they're sound. If it's gimmicky, yeah, I, I think that there's... Um, I mean, there's places for things like the uh, the Bible study my around pop up book that I open up and has the. Okay. Well, there's a Bible study you can actually buy online for your small group based on The Simpsons. I mean, like, just because you're going with a gimmick or something doesn't mean you're going to twist kind of the Bible to go with certain things. Or there may be an analogy there that you can use. They had one on on Andy Griffith, but is that really? Are you just getting it because you have a different interest, or is the reason you're in it because you have an interest in the things of God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That kind of gives us a, a quick hit on yeah. it. Is there anything else you guys can think of off the top of your head that would make a bad devotional? I, I don't know if I can say this without outing a specific devotional that people might be using. <laughs> yeah. Should so, we go anyway? 
Well, I don't know. This is an open mic. Let's just go with it. Don't don't give the name. Just say what it is that makes it untrue. So we we obviously we, our com- our relationship with God's a two way street. We want to hear from God, and we do that through His Word. The Holy Spirit can prompt you as well, but primarily it's through His Word, and we're speaking to Him through prayer and so forth. Um, it, it can be very easy as a devotional writer to kind of come off as. Um, here's the word of God for you today. Here's what he's saying, but it's not actually the word of God. It's just something very positive. It may not contradict scripture, hopefully not, but it may also just kind of throw in something else. And if you're taken as this is a message from God, <coughs> that can, and you're putting that on par with scripture, why mm-hmm. isn't it in scripture? You know, the, you, you kind of go down a slippery slope of that. And um, I don't think that's the intention of every author that's doing that. They want to take something godly and kind of paraphrase and kind of fit it around your day but it's it's a it's a it's an area you want to be really really careful in yeah and if you don't really know the ins and outs and the motivation behind it a, a, especially a new christian could be led astray by something like that yeah because that's why you want to know too that trusted source because there's a big difference in someone taking a a, a small section of scripture and applying that to your life and but distinctly pointing you back to the scripture and his teaching for saying, here's kind of a word from the Lord for you today that, you know, is just kind of in their minds. They're being creative They're you know, those sorts of things. You want that devotion to be pointing you back toward the truths of scripture and not be like a, like a, a daily spiritual fortune cookie. Yeah. Yeah. So should a devotion in the morning or, or a devotional book, should it make you feel good always? Is that the goal of a devotional book? Or I know a devotional a devotion can make you feel mm-hmm. good, but well, you know, and even when I said you know pointing us back to the gospel message, that there's an aspect of that that should remind us, that should help us find our place that we have in Christ. But you know, the gospel message is also part of sin and repentance and conviction, and so I think mm-hmm. there should probably be a mix of those things. Well, that, I think the goal. For people I've talked to in the past, they, they feel a sense of something missing in their life, right? Mm-hmm. And they or they feel a sense of this nagging problem or depression or whatever it may be or anxiety. And so they're they're asking or they know of a friend that's that way. And so they're saying, what's a good devotional book that'll help somebody through their day? Um, I kind of in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, first, are they actually reading the Bible, you know? But that's my kind of my first question. But that's mm-hmm. what somebody's going for, right? They're going mm-hmm. for to to be made to feel better. So when they're trying to seek a devotional book, I believe that's why um, the title of the book or the look and the feel of the book, the aesthetic of it is so drawing to people because they feel maybe a step closer to what they're, what they're going for when they a, see it. It's an area we have to be careful in because we're warned that in – in the later days, people will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears to say what they want to hear. Right. And we can want reassurance in what we're doing and to feel good about ourselves. The, like, what about Bob going around saying, I feel good, I feel great, I feel wonderful. Um, but that's not exactly necessarily good for us all the time. Uh, when Isaiah was in the presence of God, he says, whoa, am I? <laughs> he realizes his holiness and who he is and says, I'm a, a man of unclean lips. And I dwell on a land of people of unclean lips. And I don't think Isaiah was out cursing and everything. I just think in light of God's holiness, he realized how much he falls short. That doesn't mean every time we get 
in God's presence, we're just leaving flagellated and beat up that we feel like mm-hmm. I should never have been there because we don't want to avoid God's presence either. But um, it's not about just making us feel good, but there is that connection, that vibrancy. And as we get to know God more, that is good. That that itself is a great, you feel closer to God, but not in a superiority way. Like, look what I'm doing. It should it should remind us of the gospel, remind us of who we are in light of who he is and inspire us to bring other people into that same relationship. Yeah, so you both have alluded to it, but let's kind of maybe rephrase it. The point, let's pull out a side of the discussion about devotions for a minute, because mm-hmm. I think this will give us the reason for a devotion time. What is the point of a believer's day in walking with Christ? What, what is the point? What are we supposed to, what is our purpose throughout the day in our walk and communion with God? I essentially say to live in holiness and to honor the Lord, to glorify God in what we do. It is definitely not to relegate him to just one moment of the day. Yeah. And I think that um, devotional times can run the risk of doing that where we feel like, um, you know, I already did that or I got my, like, kind of like g- going to church. And so that next step is, well, how can I shoehorn Jesus into the morning so I can feel like I've already done that today? And did you spend time with God today? And we say, yes. Um, I think if we said the same thing about our spouse, yes, I spent time with my spouse today. Um, but it was just a quick kiss him in the morning and say, I hope your day is good. We would, we would feel differently and they would feel differently about what we said. So in, in first Thessalonians five, Trying to look that up here. In my well, while you're looking that up, okay. I'm, I'm going to kind of come on the heels of that. Okay. I heard uh, a wise pastor say one time, an, an older pastor um, who was a mentor of mine for, for a season in my life. Uh, he was an older pastor. He was a very humble man. He was, you could tell he walked with the Lord. So he could say this and you would believe it. So you, you guys don't know him. So you, you mm-hmm. wouldn't, you might take this as it sounded a little bit arrogant. But when he said it, I was like, oh, my goodness, he just taught me so much in what he just said. Somebody asked him one time, um, have you had time with God today? And he looked at him and said, am I awake? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, that is so impactful because that's that's our day, right? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be walking. Yeah. Yeah, so the devotion is not supposed to be like we've balanced our bank account or balanced our checkbook. You know, we're going to go check on a few things, make, mm-hmm. make sure we – and then um, we're going to go on through our day and spend our money. It's actually supposed to be an ongoing I'm, I'm glad you said that as I was looking this up because it goes right into what Scripture tells us in First Thessalonians 5. Paul's given his final instructions there to the Thessalonians, and he says, rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's not about ourself. All that praying always was always to give thanks, to rejoice, to constantly look at what God has done. And then he said, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all and hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. And the only way we know to t- how to test them and to reject evil is through God's word. So then he says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you or make you holy through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you as faithful and he will do it. There's this mindset of when you're in constant prayer, when you're Mm -hmm. in constantly in the word and testing things by the word, 
That's how the sanctification process happens. And God is the one who does that through you. But it's in that partnership with you being in the word and in prayer. I, I challenged my teens one time um, for a whole week. And I've done this a couple times over the years, but not to say amen. And I don't mean not to say I agree with you, but not to say amen at the end of a prayer. Let's practice not hanging up the phone with God. And not that we were ever going to not say amen again, but I had teens come up saying how how that made them think about their day completely differently. Mm-hmm. They never hung up on God. They never, oh, I'm going to get this next part on my own. Um, I'll see you when I need to thank you for my pizza at lunch, you know? And so this mindset of pray continuously doesn't mean that you're in one constant prayer. It means you're always in the attitude of prayer that God is, God is never more than that that arm length from your holding totally hands. Totally conscious of his presence yes. and everything you do. The, Max Licato wrote a book way back when called Just Like Jesus. And in the first chapter, he tells about a gentleman who wanted to try to have eight hours where he was every moment conscious of God's presence in his life. And he said it took him a week to get to that eight hour. It took him five days to get to an eight-hour stance because he had to remove things from his life Mm. that was distracting him. But I'd have to be on top of a mountain to do that. The testimony that came out of, though, being eight hours straightforward with being conscious of God's presence and the things that he felt God impressing upon his heart and and the communion that he had with him, the rest of the book is based on that. And it's, it's amazing, right? But it's talking about that, that our day should be uh, being mindful of it. The devotion is just one part of it. So mm. choosing a devotional guide is just a part of it to structure, to get us around a thought, to maybe help us jump a hurdle in our lives that we've been struggling with. Um, so let's talk about what makes a good devotion book then, what what makes something really good. And it's going to kind of echo the bullet points of what makes a bad one. It's going to be some of the opposite. But let's talk. let's talk through what does make a good devotion book. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's just the opposite of the other things we talked about earlier. That it, it uses Scripture well. It's pointing us to Christ. It's pointing us to the truth of Scripture and the gospel message. Um, and it's intended to set our day thinking about the things of God. Like we're talking about, you know, it's we're going to have a lot of other competing messages all the, all, all the rest of the day. So to set us in the mind frame of we are spending our day to commune with the Lord and to honor Him in all we do. Um, and glorify him, then that's a good kind of thing to start with. Also, it's written by somebody theologically sound. That's the opposite of what we said before. Yep. And then um, another thing, this is kind of go, harkening back to the bad thing, so this would be the opposite. I've personally, this is a personal opinion here, never found a devotional to be <coughs> very inspiring, deep, so forth, that ends in a written prayer that I'm supposed to read that somebody else had. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like, especially to a novice, a finality to my time with the Lord that morning. Like I'm reading this snippet of a verse, I'm reading this person's thoughts on whatever, and a lot of times it's not even on the verse, and then here's the prayer, I'm closing it out, now I can shut the book and I've, mm-hmm. I've had my time with God. So that to me is kind of a list, of, not a red flag, but at least a yellow flag that this person wasn't intentional about helping me understand my my time with the Lord in the morning mm-hmm. um, that they, that they put that there says that they're not really intentional about it to me. Uh, and, and a lot of people seeking devotionals are trying to get into the habit of seeking God on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so those writing it should be careful about what 
they're putting there, not just hoping the people will come back and buy their second one when they make the second edition. So I think you guys have kind of leaned into something that I kind of want to pull out. Uh, Adam, you said something about, you know, making sure they're theologically mm-hmm. sound. And uh, Nate, you were kind of leaning into making sure they're pointing you to the scripture text. How do we know that someone is theologically sound? I mean, if we look at a book and we think the topic sounds good, it's aesthetically pleasing, it kind of motivates us to go, ooh, that looks good. I think I'm going to read that because that's going to get me in the Word every day. But we still don't know. How how do do we know? How do we look at something and go, ooh, that was not Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of stuff sounds really good Mm -hmm. in this world today. Maybe Google their name with the word scandal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I laugh at that. Or heresy. But there is a it's, little it's bit true of truth too. to that. You really could, you could, you could eliminate. I probably, probably should not have laughed yeah, at that. You could but. probably eliminate 5% of the devotionals if you did that um, um, by looking that up in heresy. And, and, and there's a lot of people throw the word around heresy around, meaning that they've strayed from mm. Christian Orthodox teaching. Um so just because somebody has a YouTube video out calling somebody a heretic doesn't mean it's true. Um, they could just disagree with their theology. But the, the, there are people, and it doesn't mean that um, we happen to be a Baptist church, that if you, if you look up a devotional and you're like, whoa, this guy's not a Baptist, must be here. That's not, that's not necessarily true either. I just um, recommend but, Paul Tripp. He's a Presbyterian. So. Yeah. So yeah. There, there, are good, there are good people um, doing good theological so kind of what I hear, just ask, right? Ask yeah, someone yeah. that, ask, who, that who's reads a lot of Who's recommending it to you? So whether yeah. it's somebody Word you know, whether it's even um, looking at online or other places, like who's endorsing this book? Yeah, they um, may even be in the book itself if you're looking at it in Walmart. Who is saying this is a good book? Have you heard of those people? And are there any red flags there with the people that you've heard of? Who's a publisher? That's something that I look at frequently. Like, and, and that's something you kind of learn over time If it was time mentioned in Oprah's book club, just go ahead and mark it as no. So but, who, who, who would you say are kind of trusted publishers then? Uh, Crossway is a great publisher. The Good Book Company is a great publisher. Um, you're going to get others, kind of more uh, historic works. Something called Banner of um, Truth Trust. It's a really good publisher. Um, and then there's some that yeah, you know, have been around for a long time. I didn't recommend any today that are still living. So you can look up Oswald Chambers and yeah. Charles Haddon Spurgeon with the word scandal and you won't find any because yeah. they can't now. Yeah. They're dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, true. Safe. So B&H. 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 Broadman Holman. Um, if yeah. you're unfamiliar with, they're part of Lifeway, part of the SBC Publishing. Um, they're really good too. Uh, you know, and then some of them, you, you know, uh, they're pretty well known, you know, like a Zondervan um, who publishes NIV and some of those, uh, IVP, um, InterVarsity Press. You get a few of those that can be, like, they can be good, but they also publish a very wide range of things. So just check it out a little bit more. Yeah, but right. most of the things coming from those so B&H, the Crossway. publisher is important. Yeah. Um, the, the author, knowing about the author, asking questions to yeah. your pastor's own staff here, yeah. Um, but don't just ask, do you recommend this book? If, 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 if one of us tells somebody, I would not recommend that book, then ask us why. Why are yeah. you saying? And you don't, you don't have to know a whole lot about theology to peruse in the store or open up the sample on Kindle or whatever to peruse a couple of the, of the entries and see. Yeah, peek who, before you purchase. Who is glorified through this? Is it about me and making me feel good? 
or is it about God and helping me know him more? Yeah. And that is, that's a telltale sign right there of, of whether it is devotion towards God or pat on the back for me. Yeah. Yeah. So choosing a good, I put a list together here before we came in here, knowing the topic of what, <laughs> what I would consider that I would go through if I was going to choose a devotion for myself a devotional guide or a devotional book. Are you naming some or some of the things you're looking for? Some of the things that I, that I would do. I've got six things here that I would do before, and you guys can chime in whenever you want to, shoot holes in it if you think, mm-hmm. you know, that I ought to I'll, I'll consider things. This was just a real quick list. I'd and put I, your glasses on to make sure you can see it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, the first thing that I would do is get to know the author. Mm-hmm. I would get to know authors of devotional writers. I would get to know them, know their doctrine. I would ask around about that. I would do a little bit of homework on their, what's their belief system. Um, A good author, you're going to be able to dig in somewhere and find what their statement of faith is. Um, If they're, if they're, especially if they've written a lot, you'll be able to find their statement of faith somewhere. If it's, if their theology is important to them, it's going to be on their website. Yeah, that's true. if, If they're kind of hoping that you won't ask, (laughs) <laughs> so I would I would consider topic. I would uh, consider the devotional guide by word of mouth. If it's one that I've never heard of before, I would at least ask around and say, hey, have you guys ever heard of this before? So I would topic, word of mouth, getting to know the author. I would peek before you purchase. That's kind of what you were saying, Nate, is to, to look into it and read a little bit of it. Um, I would make sure it was biblically sound. Um, and, uh, some of that you're going to have to discover as you're reading through mm-hmm. the book. But I would say if I got to something that wasn't biblically sound in the devotion, say like on day three, day four, mm-hmm. I would, I would step back and reconsider before I would kind of continue into that. And then I just pray for wisdom. I, I think going into a devotional book that we're going to gift someone or that we're going to purchase for ourselves really should be preceded with prayer. I mean, because we're we're setting something before them that's going to be a tool to help them have a, a nugget of truth in their life mm-hmm. for the day or ourselves for the day. So don't forget that prayer component yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear you say same day to one day shipping either. That's kind of a, well, that prime, you know, I guess right <laughs> there. Do I want a great devotional later the in the week or a semi good devotional now? Yeah, consider the cost. Whatever. I, I think devotional devotional books are a nice gift if you know the mm-hmm. person. That you're giving it to, and it, and it's an encouragement. And to if them you're not to, just getting re- it because the the title sounds like they'd like it, yeah. Do do your research. Don't give somebody a a, a book that could potentially um, not bolster who they are, yeah. spiritually. Yeah. I also say that hopefully the devotionals we're using are pointing us and kind of encouraging us to spend more time studying scripture. Um, that you know these kind of quick hits for the most part are, are really good and used in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just want to caution against that being the sole time that we are spending mm-hmm. time in scripture in our given day. We want something that's like, Hey, that was really encouraging. And that one makes me want to go read more. Not I heard that's Billy, all I'm going to do for the day. I heard Billy Graham say one time that outside of his actual reading and, and studying with God, that he, he left Bibles open around the house randomly. And when he would stop, he would just take a snack on the word. And I just thought that was kind of cool because it is it is our life source. And I don't know if he read a devotional or whatever. I think I believe I have a devotional by yeah. Billy Graham. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I've used some it's of Morning it Mercies. Who, who wrote Morning Mercies? New Morning Mercies is Paul Tripp. Paul Tripp. Oh, uh, well, it's in my. It's, I think sorry, it's in my. Sorry, uh, Doctor Graham. <laughs> it's either at home. <laughs> it's either at home or in my office. But um, one question I would like to hear from you guys, an answer to, is. 
that they might be wondering themselves, are you using a devotional currently, an actual devotional, or do you have some other habit that you use in your, in your walk with Christ? And for me, I, I, I plugged Oswald Chambers and at times I've gone through that. Um, I probably haven't used a devotional devotional in my personal time with God outside, outside of just the word of God in at least a year. And I, I don't use them like, oh, I'm going to do it for a whole year and so forth. So I think one thing, give people guidance, but also does a mature Christian have to use a devotional? Is that the next box I need to check off type thing in my growth? Um, and it's not that I'm, I'm not anti-devotional. We've recommended some and so forth. But um, for me, like, I, I enjoy getting to the word of God. And so just doing that and seeking him that way for now is something I'm doing. That I'm not ruling out a devotional if I run across one that I feel like speaks to where mm-hmm. where I am in life and helps amplify God more in my life. So uh, I I do I can speak to it. This is Daniel, by the way. If you don't recognize the voice, <laughs> hello, Daniel. I did, <laughs> but I was also seeing your lips move, so it helped me out. <laughs> um, so uh, first thing in the morning, uh, what I do is I use an online resource by Max Cato his daily devotional and it's it's i could literally within one minute read the verse and his thought on it and that's prior to getting ready um that's pre cup of coffee and that's what gets me going and then uh through the day i'm i'm studying for my sermon and as i'm studying for my sermon there are offshoots that come from that that makes me go huh i've never thought about i need to go a little bit more digging on that and it's not so much for the sermon that I'm going to do that extra digging but sometime during the day that thought process that's been resonating with me of something that I read in my sermon prep will lead me down another path and a lot of that stuff never makes it to the stage on Sunday mornings a lot of that's just my own personal walk um, as as I'm going in that and then uh, I end with I'm reading through a book that's opposite not opposite. That's kind of how do you do an opposite? That's different than what we're going through on Sunday mornings. Um, and so for me right now, it is the book of John. I'm just reading through the book of John. And uh, I just usually will kind of end my day with a verse or two from that. Sometimes I just continue to read. But I find that my mind is either mush at the end of the day or it's running a thousand miles a minute. So I can usually only take in one verse. And then and then meditate on that as I'm getting ready for bed, and that's kind of been my method for the past, for probably for the past year. That's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah, um, I use something right now called the Dwell Bible app that will give little sections. Uh, I listen to something in the morning. It's not intense study. It's just kind of listening through Scripture. I'm a great. Um, South African dude who reads the Bible to me uh, in the morning. And that's what I said. That's not my, I'm not like firing on all cylinders. I want to think deep and I just want to hear scripture in the morning. Um, and so that's kind of first thing early when I'm normally the only one awake is why I do that. Uh, I am starting something this year. Um, one of the ones we recommended plan starting, um, using Spurgeon's morning and evening this coming year. Woohoo. Um, woo-hoo, Spurgeon. Uh, but then later in the day, I, I have a journal Bible and things I use. I'll, I'll go through a particular reading plan and, uh, that I use right now. And there's tons of good ones. Um, you can read 
part of the Bible, New Testament, all the Bible, a year or two, you know, there's all sorts of different options for you um, and different approaches to doing it too. And then right now for us, we um, so do that first thing in the morning, do the kind of reading plan later, a little bit later in the morning. And then for us right now, we're going through and we have a little thing that we're reading each evening uh, with our family. Um, this particularly during this time that's Advent related, but mm-hmm. we'll have other things that we'll go through as well. Yeah, that that reminds me. My my three girls purchased, and I cannot. You'll have to just ask me later what it is because I cannot remember where they got it from. But they purchased an Advent that they're doing together. The so the th- three sisters mm-hmm. are doing this Advent together. But this particular Advent series that they're doing is very pretty. It comes with uh, like a, a journal guide that you can write in. I think it might even come with like candles that match and stuff like that. So it's very aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went through the test to make sure all those things that I said, they made sure it was sound and everything. But that's how, that's walking them through Advent. And then I haven't actually talked to them to find out how they're discussing it with one another. I, I don't know. I know they've been kind of group texting, mm-hmm. sometimes group FaceTiming, but I don't know if it's over that or if they're just talking about the latest fashion. <laughs> I, f- I find that Advent comes in the uh, in the busy basketball season for my family. And so where we used to do like a daily Devo on that, <clears throat> we've gone to kind of the liturgical weekly thing. We, we've got an Advent wreath that is actually a nativity as well with the candles. And so once a week, usually on Sunday, but oftentimes in ministry, that's kind of a busy day. We'll do Saturday or Monday and light the candle while we're eating and, and light the previous candles as well and kind of go through the uh, the peace, the hope, the joy, the love, and then the Christ candle on Christmas Eve. And that, that's kind of a neat thing like outside of that. But I was, I was thinking, as Adam mentioned, morning and evening devo- devotions going back into that. I currently don't have a copy of that. It was It was really inspiring this... This summer, we had a couple interns working with youth, and we were talking about spiritual disciplines and what do you guys do to build your healthy habits. And one of them mentioned that they wanted to get that book. And I was like, oh, have you read any of it? And she's like, yeah, every morning I come in your office and get it and, and read through it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, it's yours then. So, um, But I do need to replace that. I'd already been through it. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, that's a cool. good one to have around. That's a good one. That might be one that I, that I look into. Um, coming to the end of the book of John, I might pull that in there yeah replace max Licato for a little for a season mm-hmm. and so you know anyway that's good stuff thank you guys for talking through that um choosing a devotion if you any of you listeners out there have had devotional guides that have just rocked your world and you would highly recommend uh, let us know because we're always looking for new resources to offer to uh, people in our church and friends and family so we would certainly like to hear from you the ones that you've enjoyed as well. And uh, we'd also like to hear from you future podcast suggestions, things that you would like to hear us talk about. And uh, who knows, we might even invite you to come and be a – okay, that's, I won't say that because they, now they're not going to suggest. They, they're going to say, if I suggest, he's going to make me come be we on a podcast. We will keep you anonymous if you would like. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, let us know podcast ideas for the future. We have some that's coming, and uh, we're looking so forward. What, ca- what categories can they stand? Is it just theological stuff? We've had the Dad Jokes podcast now. Well, the we... Dad Jokes still had uh, Laughter is a Good Medicine scripture That's reference true. We did it, have so some. it does need to stay around. <laughs> we are God's people. And yeah. uh, how to be better in God's people or the ministry and mission of the church, the cool. ministries that we're doing, if they'd like to hear more about that. Um, but, hey, throw it out there. Maybe if it fits within our vision, we might be able to 
may go forward. But thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are greatly appreciative of you, and uh, we hope you have an incredibly blessed day.